the reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He's Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele. And wow, there was very little news that we were interested in this week. But uh, the stuff we do have, I think, is interesting because I just said, see, it's going to be interesting. Um, sure. I'm going to start with Facing Nolan, which was a film I was completely unaware of. It's a uh, biography on Nolan Ryan. comes out May 24th, which it actually looks really good. Uh, I found out about it when they said, here's the trailer. And I went, huh? I haven't even heard of this yet. Right. And they just said, it's, face, it's called Facing Nolan. And I went, ooh, it's about Nolan Ryan. No, it can't be about that. It's, it's going to be a, a family drama thing, and Nolan's going to be abusive or something. And no, it's Nolan Ryan. Okay, I'll take it. What did, what did you think of the trailer? I thought the trailer looked great. Looks really good. And was it May 24th? May 24th. May 24th. At a theater. <clears throat> Near you. It'll be streaming, but uh, yeah. And this is one of those special events. So you may have to pony up a couple extra bucks over what you normally do, but totally looks well. Assuming you care about baseball, because if you don't care about baseball, why would you go see a movie about Nolan Ryan? But looks really, really good. Looks like it'd completely be worth it. And it'd be nice. Hopefully there's lots of – it'd be really cool as if, it's, <coughs> if they have someone with a GoPro and he's standing out there and uh, watching that heat come right at your head. That would be really terrifying. Uh, I wonder how Jeez. hard he still throws. Did you see – slightly off topic, but as baseball – that Ichiru threw out the first pitch in Seattle, 93.6 miles per hour for an outfielder, for an outfielder, for who's an outfielder retired. who's been retired for how many years has he been? Well, actually, he, technically, he just retired last year. He came back. He said he wanted to play, finish his career in Seattle. He played two games at home and then retired. But so, technically. 93.6 miles an hour. And that was he's just throwing the first pitch. <laughs> yeah. And of course and it was a strike, which is not was it a strike? I'm not quite sure. I don't remember if it was quite a strike. It was it was low and away. Um but Give it. him a week and he'll have it straightened out. It's <laughs> the first pitch is like, oh my gosh. It's a lot better than the one fifty cent did. Yeah, yeah, a lot better than the ones that a lot of people do. But anyway, I wonder how hard Nolan can still throw i suspect three digits still i really do really i don't think he i don't think i don't think he tops 98 anymore uh, Uh, (laughs) 100.1 that that counts (laughs) would definitely count but yeah that anyone who's a fan of baseball definitely needs to watch that and if you don't want to pony up the money to go see it at the theaters okay fine it's going to wind up in streaming somewhere eventually obviously but really looking forward to that uh, something else I think we're both really looking forward to that finally has a trailer, uh, Thor, Love and Thunder, which I thought the trailer looked spectacular. And we do get to see Jane as Thor, which happened in the books. So don't get all weird about that. It's not some sort of uh, I know there's going to be some people who are looking at the trailer going, they 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 gender swapped Thor in the middle of a series. No, they didn't. It's Jane. Or it's Disney being woke and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, shut up. Um, by the way, woke is basically the dismissive term for being empathetic and caring about people. So 
if you use that term, not uh, ironically, you're an idiot. But yeah, this is how long ago did they do the Lady Thor thing in the comics? It was about it wasn't that long ago. It was less than 10 years. I want to say uh, closer to five. Now it's like in six or seven years, so somewhere in there. But See, yeah, this is fine. this is this is a well-established concept. This is not something new that Disney has changed to, to groom your little children. So shut up. No. Uh, yeah, the trailer looks great. I saw one one review of the trailer, and it was dismissive. So it's, it's all over the place. It's like uh, it's yes, doing the whole movie. It's a trailer for one thing. It's Taika Waititi. Have you seen any movies that this guy has done? It's like, oh, my God. Um, Yeah, it looks great. The one thing that initially surprised me that there's nothing of the villain. And then I thought, it's like, well, of course, they're not going to put anything in the villain because there's a lot of mystery as to exactly how he's going to look in this film. I have a feeling he's probably going to have two different looks. I think one of I've been told and I couldn't find it that allegedly he is in the trailer, but. I, I didn't know where. Um, It'll be Gore the God Butcher. So, right. Who aren't aware of who the, the villain is. And played by Christian Bale, which will be really fun. I, went by, I bet he goes psycho in this movie. Haha. He's a little baddie at times. But. Indeed. But. Did, did, I thought it was interesting. Did you notice that the the version of Mjolnir that Jane has looks like it was just reassembled? From the one that was shattered in three. It does, which is pretty cool. Which I found the pieces and glued them all together. I think they're in the right. <laughs> well, she's an astrophysicist. Maybe she figured out the uh, way to assemble that. Uh, yeah, this movie, obviously, there's going to be a lot of plot lines going through this. But yeah. It should be awesome. And, of course... Before we get that, we're going to see Doctor Strange. <clears throat> More than a few versions of Doctor Strange, which which also looks terrific. So, yay. The big movies are coming back soon. But there's yeah. also smaller movies before that happens. Yeah, are, are, are you referring to one that has a compass direction in it? I am. Ooh. Indeed. Off you go then. So, off I go. So, I saw <clears throat> this weekend... Was it this weekend? Yeah, I guess it was Thursday night. The Northman, which just opened this weekend, depending on when you're listening to the show. If you're listening to the show in like 2037, it opened a while ago. Uh, Robert Eggers, the guy who directed The Witch and The Lighthouse. So if you're familiar with either of those movies, you probably are ready to hear that this movie's kind of weird. Well, it's kind of weird. So this is a very rough take on the... <clears throat> tale that inspired Hamlet. Uh, the main character, his name is Prince Amleth. So there you go. Premises, <clears throat> a young boy sees his father, who was the king, killed before his very eyes. He swears that he will avenge his father's death. He swears that he will rescue his mother, who was kidnapped by the murderer of his father. And he swears he will kill the murderer of his father, who just happens to be his brother. Hence, Hamlet. Vikings, et cetera, et cetera. So <clears throat> basically, this is a revenge tale. But it's also a pretty trippy revenge tale because it's got Valkyries, it's got Sears, it's got witches, it's got Willem Dafoe as a court jester who also can see the future. Uh, 
The only problem I had with this movie is I saw this about five days after I saw Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is one of the trippiest movies ever. So to me, this movie could have used more weirdness. Most people will look at this movie and say, what the hell is going on right now? Because when it gets really weird, it's really, really weird. It just could have used even more of that for me. But really really good movie as it follows the arc of <clears throat> and i can't remember now if it starts in if it's set in 685 or 645 but it tells you exactly what year it starts that is ad <clears throat> and then several years later so possibly 20 years later the young man has grown up and now he is the super buff alexander skarsgård if you don't remember which one alexander is of the skarsgård acting family he's the one who shows up without his shirt a lot <laughs> uh, and, and for good reason. So there are lots of videos and stories you can read about how he got super buff and shredded for this movie. And I think, if you remember, this is the guy who played Tarzan in the live action version about four or five years ago. In his uh, Viking form of Amleth, he makes Tarzan look like he hasn't finished grade school yet. He's like super buff and chunky, probably almost could have played Thor. Well, he could, except for Chris Hemsworth is, like, ridiculously shredded. But the point is, he's really, really good in this film. It's – you might be reminded of the movie The Revenant, since, obviously, a revenge tale of that. And I don't know. This may actually be better than The Revenant. I think The Revenant was a great, great movie. But this is a really good film. It definitely is a bit on the gory side. It's not gratuitous, but when it's gory and chunky, again, it's a movie about Vikings. It's shocking. it's shocking because the person doing the violence purposely makes it so violent that even this Viking king will be shocked by it. So it's really out there. Uh such a such a good movie. Nicole Kidman plays the mom who he wants to rescue. Clays uh, Bang, if you ever saw the movie The Square, or more likely for most of our listeners, you may have seen the Dracula miniseries that was on Netflix maybe two years ago, three years ago. He played Dracula in that. Excellent. He's the <clears throat> he's the naughty king, the naughty brother who kills the original brother, who is Ethan Hawke. So hell of an excellent cast. Um, again, could have used a little bit more trippiness, even though we see Valhall a couple times, and we see a Valkyrie, and we see crazy witches, and uh, the movie never goes off the rails, though. And in a way, I almost wish it had, which I know seems strange. On oh, Anya Taylor Joy, my apologies. Also, is she's like the lead female actress and she is an important part of the story it's, it's not just like oh she's the damsel in distress she's more the partner in crime I guess you put it that way but again this is this is not based on Hamlet this is loosely based on the story that Hamlet was based on so there you go so it's not a ripoff of Hamlet if so if you're watching that and thinking wow they just and it's like no it's it's actually the reverse of that but Skarsgård is awesome <coughs> Bung is excellent. Everyone, even though some people are not in it for very long, such as Bjork, uh, 
she's excellent in her like four minutes of screen time. So really good film, very enjoyable. But if blood and guts literally uh, upset you, this is not your film. <laughs> but if you can tolerate that kind of stuff, and that's not there's a lot of it, but when it's there, it's there. Um, but I really, really enjoyed The Northman. I don't know if it's going to wind up being like in my top 10 by the end of the year. Certainly a, a good contender for it, though. Highly recommended. And again, it's The Northman, not The Norseman. So if you're typing in your little Google search trying to see when the movie is playing, if you type in Norseman, it'll probably correct it to Northman anyway. But just be warned. It's the direction. <clears throat> Compasses. Compasses. Think Compasses. Yeah, see, you have a good movie this week. I know I didn't have a good movie this week. Are you I'd like me? to have good movies this week. You don't have a good movie this week? I'm so sad. I, as usual, when an animated DC movie comes out, oh, no. the two of us usually go, yay! We do. But, <clears throat> every so often, um, Constantine in the House of Mystery showed up this well actually it was last week i could have done this last week but i was trying to figure out how to phrase it and you know what i figured out how to phrase how this movie went it took you a week to figure out how to phrase this that's that's scary we should have talked about this in pre-pro hi ted see there we go i was just setting you up for that if you remember how the dc interlocking story went after flashpoint and before they Re, uh, and before the uh, what was it Justice League Dark where they had the war between Darkseid and Trigon and if you don't know what I'm talking about don't worry about it let me explain this movie to you after the battle between Trigon and Darkseid Constantine tells Flash to set up a second Flashpoint so we can reset the Earth well Spectre shows up after that and this is where we're in this movie now, tells Constantine that the universe is pissed that he did another flashpoint. And so he's going to be punished by being put in the house of mystery forever and he can't leave. Well, he's put there. He's tortured for hundreds of years and finally escapes. The specter says, no, you weren't supposed to be tortured. The torture part was all in your head. I put you in there so you'd be there with all your friends and be nice and happy. But now that you've escaped, the universe is not happy and the universe shows up and kills him. There, I completely spoiled this 20 minute short that was drawn like a Scooby-Doo episode. <laughs> I've never spoiled a complete movie before, but yes, that was all of it. That's all there was to this. Constantine so, being tortured, killed at the end of the day, wakes up the next morning. Oh, we're starting all over again. If you like blood and guts, this is the movie for you because it's got it all over the place. More than the Northman. <laughs> and it's only so, 20 minutes long. So we finally get the Spectre. Well, we had the Spectre in a short a few years ago. Right. Which was good. Actually, it was really good. But, this wasn't. Of course, this is 20 minutes, so not exactly a full-length feature either. No. Uh, that's disappointing on many levels. It is. Because Constantine is a great character, and you could have done so much with this. And you didn't, and you drew it like a Scooby-Doo episode. One of the, not even, not even the old Scooby-Doo episodes, the new Scooby-Doo episodes. 
no, 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 should not have done that. Bad DC Comics. They, anyway. Mm, yeah. Moving on. It, bad track record. Yeah. It's anyway, it's time for the annual It Couldn't Happen Here review. Cause I, yeah, I, I tried to watch it again. The the Pet Shop Boys movie that came out in 1988 that I didn't get a hold of until 2014. And I've tried watching it every year. And every year, I still have no clue as to what's going on in this movie. There. That's my review for it. <laughs> Not a clue. But I, I, I watched it because <clears throat> of this next movie. See, I'm going to tie this together. There is a segue for this because the Pet Shop Boys work with a band called New Order. Yes, Johnny Marr is there and work with New Order in the way that Bernard Sumner and uh, Stephen Morris, lead singer and drummer, they get together and form a band called Electronic. But I'm going for the New Order thing because New Order used to be called Joy Division. And I watched a movie called Control based on Ian Curtis, the guy from the lead singer of Control who committed suicide just before their big American tour. That's a long ass segue. It has <laughs> lots of it is. Lots of stuff to it. Anyway, control. That seemed to be our theme this week. Blood and guts. L- long asses. That that's that's the thing. And that's it. So control is kind of a biopic. It is l- I'm going to say loosely based on a book called Touching from a Distance. By Deborah Curtis, which is Ian Curtis's wife. Yes, she's in the movie. Now, I'm going to give you a very short form of this because there's I mean, it's a two hour movie. So, yeah, there's a lot to it. But Ian and Deborah Curtis, it starts when they're pretty much high. I think the equivalent of high schoolers in England and they got married very young. And Ian joined a band that worked that went along with his job. So he's doing a lot of stuff. And then they got famous, which was kind of interesting because he kept the regular job for a long time with that. Um, <clears throat> then while he's off on tour, after he had a kid with Deborah, he also got a girlfriend for when he's on the road with the band. Don't do that. It's a bad idea. And things go downhill from there. Um, it's a very... Because, you know, it's not going to be a happy story. If you've ever listened to Joy Division, great band, not a happy band. Um, In fact, one thing I was kind of hoping they would get is why Ian Curtis went through this thing. Because at the beginning, he didn't sound like, and maybe this was just the movie. He didn't sound like Johnny Cash on Quaaludes. But... (laughs) Eventually, that's the way Ian Curtis sounded. He didn't look that way, not in the slightest, but he did kind of sound that way when he sang. Twas a thing. Um, so the story is, it, it starts off nice and happy and gets quite depressing. But I really liked the production of this movie because it takes place in the 70s and the very beginning of 1980. So it's, God, I hate to say this, 50 years ago. (laughs) Jeez. But to make it look like the 70s, they did not necessarily make sets that looked like they were from the 70s. The film is just in black and white. 
And when you see that in your head, you think, oh, it's black and white. It must be old. And so it feels like the 70s. There are, uh, let's see, what are we called them? Anachronisms. Every so often you'll see a digital clock. Oops, left that in. Um, but for the most part, in your head, you're just thinking, yeah, it looks like the 70s. It, it also looks like today, but it looks like the 70s. And it really worked for this story. I liked it. Um, <clears throat> unfortunately, the way they did the story, it it drags. It could could have been done somehow in a way that uh, let me explain it like this. I watched the first hour and a half of this movie. And then I had to go to the bathroom, so I paused it, and then the little time came up on the screen, and I realized, and, and it said, you've been watching 15 minutes. 15 minutes, it feels like an hour and a half. Yes, the film drags. <laughs> oh, my God. And there were a lot of questions that, it, it, that I was left with, with this movie. That I would have loved answers to because the band that he's in started out being called Warsaw. And then they spend almost 10 seconds explaining the name change to Joy Division. <laughs> Basically, it's our what's the band's name? Joy Division. I thought we were called Warsaw. No, we're called Joy Division now. We had a meeting last week. Oh, OK. And that was it. Hang on a minute. Can we see the meeting from last week? I guess. Not. Will someone read the minutes? I don't know what happened there. Um. But there were actually just a lot of questions, because if this is based on the book from Deborah Curtis, who stayed at home with the baby, how did she know what happened at the gigs when he was in Belgium? Or wherever, you know, not at home, not in the hometown. Where did that information come from? I would like to know that. Um, there was no explanation as to why there was an echo in the bunnyman poster somewhere that would have been i mean music things in a music-based movie because echo and the bunnyman was another famous band about the same time but they started later and didn't really become big until later but there's a big ass echo in the bunnyman poster in this one scene and i'm like hang on a minute that shouldn't be there yet <laughs> Uh, they did, there was no explanation as to why whenever the band went on stage in this movie, they always looked like they had just come in from out of the rain. I realize you get sweaty on stage, but damn, you know, just dump a bucket of water on them. I don't know why that happened. If that was a thing, was that not a thing? Was that a production thing? I don't know. And I know these are kind of petty, petty little questions that I've got. Uh, but for the most part, I will say the film was good for one watch. I'm not going to say go out and buy the DVD unless you're a big fan of the film, which came out in 2007. So, well, it shouldn't be that hard to find on a, you know, a, a DVD, possibly a Blu-ray somewhere. But yeah, it, it, it's a good movie, but I wouldn't watch it more than once because it, it's not happy. It has a very tragic ending. Sure. Which I knew was going to happen going in, but I was hoping he'd have some happy parts of his life somewhere in there. Oh, and I left out the part where uh, it turned out, in addition to working these two jobs, he became epileptic, which became a big thing. Um, so 
Jeez. Ian Curtis had a had a, a lot of stuff going on that was not good. And this movie showed it. So it's if you like that kind of film, there you go. <clears throat> it's got good production value. Enjoy as much as you can enjoy a film like this. So that's about all I've got this week. Three things. One, I spoiled completely. One, I don't know what happened. And this, which was not happy. Go with The North Man. Super happy movies this week. Even 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 the, the good ones are like, eh, I don't want to watch that one again right away. That would be sad. Exactly. Just I saying. I would say The North Man is sad, but it's certainly not a happy film. They could have retitled it Joy Division and people would have totally known what they were in for. It wouldn't at all. It'd be really bizarre. <laughs> I did find out one thing. I I did not know that uh, the song "Dead Souls," which Nine Inch Nails did in the Crow movie, was a Joy Division song. Or if I did know that, I'd forgotten. That would totally make sense. Sounds a lot different when it's done by Joy Division. Yes. Just there are no crow. There are no crows in uh, the Northman, but there are ravens. Not not surprisingly. Ooh. It's, which ties back to the DC movie? What? What is Raven doing in the? No, sorry. <laughs> yeah, Raven. <laughs> Raven helps uh, Constantine get out, uh, yeah. which would be eh, kind of would actually make sense, but doesn't happen. It worked better. Drawn in this. Anyway, style we're we're going in circles here. It's time to. Ooh, look! There's our exit. It says there's COVID still out there, so if you have to go outside, wear a mask. Otherwise, stay home and watch a movie. But not Constantine. No, not Constantine. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Storm, that's the end.